Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, The Matrix Revolutions. In the year 2021, the Matrix is back. But did it ever go away? I guess it kind of went away. There was a revolution. No, it did not. There was a revolution making it. Yeah, yeah. It, it morphed. I, after rewatching this, I believe that I should have just assumed that Neo was alive the whole time. And I'll what get did into you, it later. What did you rewatch? Matrix Revolutions. That's right there. You got the titular line. Good for you. This is Matt here. This is Luke. And, and this uh, is Mark Malik, who started talking before I was introduced. I, I think it's more fun on podcasts when the guest starts talking before they've been introduced. And I love, now it, you've when, I love it when the hosts mention it, because that's a new joke that I never heard before. Yeah, a, right. A piece of my code of, was overwritten, and I have now rebelled against the podcast system. I have lots of dad jokes. I had a particularly bad one on Sunday, but I can't remember quite what it was. Oh, well. Didn't you say your daughter was like really into your dad jokes, though? Some of them, yeah. Oh, oh I remember. I said I wanted on sumo. I, you know, I have I, my long running. I think they should add farts to sumo. Um, <laughs> yes. and, and then I thought they should have a special exhibition where they pit sumo wrestlers, uh, professional sumo wrestlers against K-pop stars. As a promotion. <laughs> so, question: How many K-pop stars for each sumo wrestler? One. One. Oh, no, it's, it's just a K-pop star being bullied for five minutes. <laughs> well, more like two seconds. But he's like contractually not allowed to do anything. He, he can't try. fight back. He could try. No, no. Wants. It's in the contract. You can't do anything. Oh. You just have to stand there and get bullied. Actually, it'd be funnier. The sumo wrestler is not allowed to do anything. They can just stand there, but there's absolutely no chance the K-pop star can get them out of the ring. <laughs> and eventually they're going to bounce off and defeat themselves. Just like I have to go to the bathroom. What, for real? Good night. Good night. No, no. The sumo would be <laughs> oh, sumo right. wrestler. I was um, role-playing as a sumo wrestler. I had to go to the bathroom like, like you do on podcasts. Of course, uh, today's movie featuring famous sumo wrestler Keanu Reeves. Has he done any sumo? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, bet, I, bet I love it. it. Like he is so he is so uh, versatile that you could actually believe for a second that he was just <laughs> like he he did that Seven Samurai, not Seven Samurai, Forty Seven Ronin movie. Maybe he did some sumo in that. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. I really hope so. You I never really know. Hope so. Um, okay, I guess we should talk about the, the, the revolutions. You always have to add the S. Um, I saw this one opening night. 
Um, I went with Mark and my mutual friend, Devin. Uh, I remember Devin being so excited going in and just hating the shot out of it on the way out. <laughs> um, that That's where I got like the instant, like, I guess, um, sequel hate. Because the guy I saw that with coming out of the theater was like, what the hell was that? Do you remember how I felt about it or was I even expressing how I felt about it? You you were a hater. I remember that. Yeah, I this is the second time I've watched it. Right. We'll get into how it rolled this time then. So um, Luke, I get saw this go to the pretty theater. close to opening night on a naughty DVD at a friend's house a sleepover. Um, so I yeah, I had. Like the powers I was watching it with were like, what is this? This isn't the Matrix. It's like Star Wars or something. It's all robots and stuff. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to come out and say it. The Matrix sequels rock and everyone can fuck off. <laughs> I kind of agree with you now. Yeah. We'll get that's a, I have a lot of lot to talk about it. But yeah, yeah. I, ne- I never hated them, but I was going around for a while like, am I an idiot? Because no one else seems to like these. No, everyone else is an idiot. I get it now. <laughs> well, this is the thing they don't. It's you know, sometimes you say that they that movies are good movies, but bad sequels. Mm. These if you take all three movies together, they sort of follow a normal movie structure, but none of them really do on their own. And the first, the sort first of, one does, but then the other. Yeah. Two, yeah. The first one is a perfect little package. The second one has what's arguably the probably the most at least the most intense fight in the film halfway through the entire trilogy, which is mm-hmm. it's a symbol. The symbolism is great. Doesn't work super great from a narrative standpoint, but um, but also you just even watching it, rewatching it now is just the overwhelmed by the tension of just like hundreds of Smiths running around. I can't not get excited about it, <laughs> even if they look like PlayStation 2 now. <laughs> A little but bit. People talk about Matrix Revolutions like, oh, you know, it's just it's it's just one big fight. It's just a bunch. Of, I'm like, yeah. well well this is the thing i did was it weta who did the effects on this whoever actually whoever decided to make all the digital cgi enemies a bunch of squids is just the most visionary genius person (laughs) or people because that doesn't age badly that the computers do little squids really well so you're just seeing squids and it looks better now than any marvel movie i've ever seen which then it's 20 years old well, yeah you can screw up the squids and it's still okay because we don't spend much of our lives hanging out with squids not most of us yeah i'm not a huge war movie fan except for like starship troopers and that should probably tell you where my politics are but <laughs> you know it still is a really good war movie yeah, but this is this isn't like a Ura America war movie. This is a the human race is not going to survive unless we kill these squids. War movie. It's a bit different. Like, yeah, you could get behind this without fucking up your politics. There's still a little bit of a. I still feel weird about the whole thing where, where I I feel like we're sort of pushed towards wanting to just kill all the machines, and at the end you have to live with the machines, but. Also, I think that's a better lesson now than it even was in 2003, which is that you can't kill everyone <laughs> you're well, having a war with. We'll get, I think we'll get into it later. There is, 
like the point is that what they had to kill was just the hate itself, and Smith was the embodiment of hate. Right. And once they but killed yeah, the hatred, they were okay. But yeah, 24-year-old Matt was like, what? They didn't blow up them robots? <laughs> well, the issue I had with it most is still a little bit of an issue for me, which is that almost none of the film is in the Matrix. That is true. Yeah, yeah. That would, but, but again, but, the two and three are kind of like their own little piece, and that's that way you get that, plenty of Matrix. That's the thing. You get tons of Matrix in the second one, not much in the third one, which... Again, it's just a weird kind of abandonment of traditional film structure, which is fine. I I enjoy it more now than I did then because I just keep seeing Marvel movies that always build up to a bunch of stuff that is similar but not as satisfying. But the um, like obviously we're not gonna be able to go into it in as much depth because we are three cis straight white men. But <laughs> if we if you look at it from the point of view of the, the films, their primary purpose is to be a metaphor for being trans. And I think at this point in that story, it makes sense that the characters are not in the Matrix much. Because right. they've They're all the, fully transitioned. The, the real world, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go on too much, I, I guess you got the plot for us today. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. I just woke up, so it's going <laughs> to be off the dome. As a result of the consequences of his actions, Neo wakes up in the train station between the real world and the Matrix. There, he meets the trained man who won't allow him to go back until Trinity and Morpheus threaten the Marovingian. Neo makes one last visit to the Oracle and then decides he must go to the Machine City. Meanwhile, Morpheus flies back to Zion, where they are fighting an army of the Sentinels. The Mjolnir arrives just in time to activate an EMP, but the city's defenses are smashed. Luckily, Neo enters the Matrix on behalf of the machines and defeats Smith. And finally, peace is restored. Sacre bleu. <laughs> Is that Pepe Le Pew? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that piss was restored. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I pissed off my father once. I sent him a, a track, which was There Will Be Peace, right? But I sent it to him with the title, That Will Be Piss, and he didn't catch the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was singing There Will Be Piss as a chorus. <laughs> oh, boy. That was Let us pray for a true piss in space. Yeah, well, hey, I keep talking about the, the stink bomb those Apollo missions were. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they get for going to Uranus. That's right. <laughs>
Ouch. So what what what's up with Neo and his friends? They're all Zionists. I'm not yep. getting into this with you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can't talk about the trans metaphor, then let's no. no. Um, <laughs> let's go the other way. <laughs> Um, I think that's unfortunately been that way has been covered probably far too often. Oh God, it probably has. <laughs> See, people. I don't, I don't come across those articles and things. I guess so. <laughs> well, this is a the the feeling I got from the rewatch of all three of the films is that the the trans metaphor is at the root of it, but there is so much like anti anti authority probably isn't the right term anti establishment. Mm just populist humanist it really feels like these movies are for everyone which is good because that would also sort of you know imply the very true fact that embracing uh gender identities is is best for everyone but also since these movies are for everyone i think a lot of people said oh well this is for me and my right-wing ideals and i'm going to take this red pill and i'm going to you know uh, it's you're gonna what <laughs> shove it up my ass i don't know sure oh, yeah um is that what they do red pills like, is depository that's how you take it <laughs> it's this whole thing we have at the moment where people who are absolutely not rebelling against anything they're defending the status quo have got it in their heads that they are the rebels who are fighting the system mm-hmm. and so they rally around the matrix but like yeah they're just like, I'm such a rebel. I'm fighting for minorities to have less rights. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That we, there is sort of a, I feel like there's an irony where films have been criticized for containing violent content and things like that for so long. But the real problem is that films have glorified, they've glorified rebellion and they've really sort of given people over and over again an avatar who is the only person who knows what they're talking about. Mm. which is like just how you write a movie but then people are like well you know i am not vaccinating my children and everyone tells me i'm wrong so they're wrong because if you if everyone says you're wrong then you're right which is a huge problem yeah for me and matt um we recorded a little while back cloud atlas another of the wakovsky's films and the interesting thing about that one is it seems like a rejection of the the whole neo the one idea because in that one the message was that everyone just has to do their little bit and it will work out and starts to come through a little bit in this i mean they certainly have people in the city doing their thing while neo's you know busy being blinded yeah well i i am i'm sure that the ending is the ending is a message of compromise even though at the time it was like oh jesus metaphor you know it's sort of easy to brush off but i see the messages if you see it as smith represents just like well the people we're talking about basically mm-hmm. people full of hate then ultimately it's it's better for whatever zion represents it's also better for the system and better for the machines to get rid of those fuckers so but also in the film the way you get rid of him is to let him absorb you which is yeah, I'm not quite sure how that fits into any kind of metaphor. Yeah, I think that I feel like the I think that, metaphor, that's where it, that just actually works in the yeah. sci-fi sense rather than. Well, yeah, cool but I, 
I think it's just a thing where you do generally have to live with these people because it's it's a thing where when uh, I live in Georgia, so a lot of people sort of start being like anti-mask around here. And a lot of my friends were just like, well, great, you're all going to die. And I was like, no, they aren't going to die. <laughs> some some of them will die. Maybe more of them who don't wear masks will die than the rest of us. But we're going to have to live with some of these people. So, well, um, I was listening. This is quite a while back now, but the, the QAnon, Anonymous, QAnon Anonymous podcast, which is the podcast I listen to, not what it sounds like, the opposite. Um. They did an episode with a guy who he was in like a right wing, basically Nazi group. And he now works at getting people to leave those groups. Um, and he says the way he does it is he just sits them down peacefully with the people they think they hate. Sits them down with a Jewish person, with a black person. Um, and that's actually how you end it is you just show them like, oh, you don't hate this person. You hate aspects of your own life and you've been given a scapegoat. But of course, that's very difficult to do in the short term, right? So when a Nazi's Nazi, and yeah, you've got to punch him in the face. But if you want to actually solve the problem, you do it through love and acceptance and compromise. And yeah. You're, that yeah, never you're works average with person. Smith. <laughs> no but that's but that's the thing is you can't get through to some people but you can get through to the people who they got through to maybe yeah it's like i i'm, I'm sure that most of us have known somebody who was a horrible virulent racist but they had the one black friend and they're like oh he's okay and it's just like you're so close to getting the point if you just if you just sort of applied whatever makes you love this one person to just everyone else <laughs> except for you can be you can be annoyed at people one or two people individuals sometimes but right mm. because neo is able to talk to the mechanical boss baby at the end so yeah that's that's the real yeah i feel like the mechanical boss baby is the real people that you have to live with or that's the metaphor for people you have to live with the machine the machines i think are supposed to just represent society right so they don't they don't care one way or the other because that was the big twist in the first matrix film is at first the agents just come across as these unfeeling automatons and then you get that scene with morpheus and smith in the room you're oh no smith fucking hates humans yeah, that was one of the most interesting things about the film because it's like, oh, these machines are weird. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I love about sci-fi is weird AI. Like Blade Runner <laughs> is just one of my favorite movies because it's so fun to watch the weird androids talk. Yeah. Like to hear how they have developed their own way of their mannerisms because you wouldn't have a normal like you you would have a simulated reaction that would be similar to humans, but I don't know. I, I feel like maybe the sequels, the Matrix sequels lost a little bit of the the feeling that in the first movie, everyone who was in the Matrix, who was a human kind of talked in weird cliches like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to have to clean this up. I'm not going to, you know, all the cops are, are weird cliches and the machines are strange and the humans are kind of scrappy survivors. You're all traumatized. And uh, there's a little bit more of a movement towards everyone being kind of serious and lore dumping. But mm-hmm. also, I 
as I understand it, this was supposed to be one film and the second Renaissance was supposed to be one film. Yeah, that's how I've always understood it, which rewatching that was amazing. And I wish that had have gotten a full. Yeah, but but I'm also kind of glad that um, like Anno got to make it instead of them getting to make it because I fucking love his films. So that's yeah, true yeah um, i don't have much of a problem with the second renaissance as is because i don't know if we yeah. did get that as a full-on live action film it yeah would probably feel a little mm-hmm. lacking no i just <laughs> I let, that, let that director make a full-length anime version that's what i want that's true yeah. i think anime is underrepresented and you know we're about to see a live action cowboy bebop which isn't really doable but they mm-hmm. did it anyway well everything's even, doable. even if it you is just... doable it's just unnecessary right just yeah, it, yeah. People who like anime like anime. It's like why I don't need it to be more. I don't need it to be live action to for it to be more legitimate somehow. It's it's like there's someone in Hollywood who keeps saying, "No, we have to make it real with humans." <laughs> the one that really throws me off is the um, quote unquote live action Lion King. Right. How, you, how is mm, it still animated? <laughs> haven't seen it. I haven't either. Oh, I, yeah, I, I don't plan to. But, <laughs> yeah, but just the, the whole idea there, it's like we're making the live action version with CGI characters. Doesn't maybe, that mean it's maybe one or two of those backgrounds are real? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, we didn't watch that. We did watch Revolutions. Uh, do we want to say anything about the, the actors? We, you know, already did do a great part, but... Uh, there's there's another movie to consider mm. now. Um, I like Mary Alice, but I think she was miscast. Paint that she out. doesn't. The new Oracle. Oh, thank you. Okay, we said we get to that name when it was time. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to talk about. I mean, she's great, but I just don't feel like she's channeling. What's like what that? The- uh spartacus show several years ago where i really liked the first season even though it's quite porny uh, and then the lead actor <laughs> died right so they got another guy and the other guy wasn't bad but i just i didn't like the show anymore <laughs> oh. yeah it's, it's just a shame but what could they do i assume they didn't have a lot of time to find a replacement yeah because they were back yeah. to back so it was kind of like an in-production um issue to deal with can, can we talk about the back-to-back thing are there any films? Do you do you guys think there are any fil- sequels filmed back to back where one of the movies didn't suffer from it? As a guy that's not a Lord of the Rings fan, does that count? Well, they didn't have to come up with the story, though, right? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Also, I I really think uh, Return of the King was a little dragged a little bit, and they just decided not to show you Christopher Lee dying for some reason. Yeah. Mm. Even though um, I did see it in the long, the too long yeah, extended version. Extended version, baby. It was cool, but I'm not going to watch that again that length. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, um, I guess there's an easy argument against Back to the Future two and three, but I'm pretty down with those two as a back to. That's true. Film. I really like those. I have, but I, everyone's like three cowboy boo. It's really funny because when those came out, two was the one that had the backlash, and now it's just kind of reversed. Yeah, everyone right. loved three when it came out. Oh, really? People still love mm-hmm. cowboys, I guess. Well, yeah, that's why they made it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, I mean, two is a convoluted, crazy film, and I think we're more into that as a society now than we were in 1989. They were kind of ahead of, yeah, kind of ahead of their time. Well, 
as was this one uh, again like you just mm-hmm. watched it now and and liked it better i suppose so <laughs> it needs yes, some time it to looks, simmer it looks it looks as good now as it did in 2003 which is pretty amazing considering part, the amount of cg part of what helps is that a lot of the cg it's very happy to be super stylized like the stuff in the matrix it's not trying to look real at this point it, right. like, it cranks up that green so high I was about to say it kind of not bugged me, but I kept being like noticing Keanu's uh, green five o'clock shadow. Yep. <laughs> You're seeing the the shaving matrix. Yeah, really. Yeah, it was like the start of a Gillette commercial or something. You've shaved. You have shaved so many times that you can see the uh, stubble on another man. Right. Yeah. So I yeah the I, it was very green. I, again, that might be because I you know watching on Blu-ray too, right? Um, the the mm. more like this Green film, Ray, am I right? Uh, <laughs> this film also, as mentioned before, benefits from being shown through a projector on film, but uh, <laughs> smooths out yeah. the effects. Um, I I watched it on Hulu and um, looked fine. I watched it, it on good. the Netflix. It was all good. Right. Um. Yeah. Morpheus doesn't. I mean, he's he's cool here, but he definitely isn't glam. So I, I think that's a I mean, that goes, I guess, with all the metaphors and things, too. But, but yeah, I Morpheus always, seems kind of down and out in this one most of the time. He I always forget there's that little fight at the start where they go to rescue Neo. And that is literally there because we have to give Trinity and Morpheus something. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but that's that fight... Another... Sorry, Sorry I was going to say that was another disappointment, I guess, coming out of the theater in 2003. It's like, hey, we barely got any Trinity and Morpheus, you know? I mean, we did. There's just not in you know tight black leather doing high kicks. Yeah. Well, upon rewatch, that fight feels like extremely vicious and aggressive, which is pretty cool. You really do get the idea that they need to they need to get oh, yeah. this guy out like right now, and they're just pissed. And I I love the in retrospect, I love how the Merovingian does a huge long speech and wants something that he's not going to get. And they're just like, "Fuck yeah. you! I'm going to kill you! I'll kill everybody." Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's a good way to run with it. Um, so we got that. Uh, to, to, you know the the supporting the supporting cast. I guess it's it's a movie. Everyone's just here for the movie. But the the smaller characters uh, definitely. I was noticing they're generally relatively well defined. Yeah, it does a lot of um, that sort of Skull Island aliens sort of thing where it's just here's like a a one sentence bit character just to give you someone to care about during all of this carnage. Well, that just happened. <laughs> like yeah, that. They, they managed <laughs> to give you a little girl to, to worry about, even though it's not even a real little girl. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, can we talk about that for a second? Because when I first saw the film, one of the things that bothered me was that it was just obvious that they kind of crammed those characters in to uh, make Neo care about machines a little bit. Hmm. But now that I rewatched the whole trilogy, it's like it's so obvious now that it's just the Oracle and the architect playing chess the whole time. Mm. So anything that's sort of like a convenient plot device works because it's like the Oracle just put them there. Well, I also I kind of like and you get a lot more of this if you watch Second Renaissance as well. Like most of there's a part of the machines that do love humans. Like they could have built the Matrix and used sheep. But I think they used humans to keep us alive. Yeah, a couple of those Animatrix shorts, like the last one especially, it was just, 
I could not believe. I I I barely remembered what, how they end it. Have you have you guys watched that yet? No, I, I think we're doing that next week or so. Uh, well, the well, last... I watched it last year or so when we did the first Matrix film. Yeah, the last film, <laughs> the way it ends is so unbelievable. I'll, I'll um, let people. I'm not going to throw a spoiler in here for it, but yeah, we'll put a pin. I mean, you'll say it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember, but uh, <laughs> might as well be slightly surprised by it again, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say it's hilariously dark, and it does really kind of get into how machines can and do love humans. Um, I mean, Second Renaissance, you see, like even probably about halfway through, you see like fun little wacky robots kind of like killing people but they still are obviously just designed to look cute When this came out, it wasn't like one film, second film, third film. It was a like transmedia blitz because I was watching the Animatrix. I was playing the video game. I was there was probably a bloody online ARG that we were all taking part in. There was comic books. It was and like you said last time, there was like five different making of documentaries on the TV. Everyone was just living and breathing the Matrix for this whole year. I was so hyped for uh, Matrix Reloaded. I was basically like, I was having kind of a bummer year, 2003, 2004. And I was at at many points, I would probably have just said, I just want to live long enough to see the Matrix sequels. Like, it's just, I I want them so bad. And uh, Reloaded kind of, it was a weird feeling. The, The very first shot of it, my brain said, oh no, this isn't good. And I, Cannot tell you, I'm not really sure why. I think the cinematography changed a little bit because if you if you watch all of them back to back, the first Matrix looks very kung fu. Mm. And uh, the sequels look more action movie or maybe even 80s action TV series. Kermit action. And I can't put I can't put a finger on it. There's more like quick zooms and things like that that look weird and uh now they look really charming at the time it was like this is this is not the same thing well it's Maybe not it's the just same be- thing because they were a lot more effect heavy not- they probably couldn't just give you nice long shots of kung fu like they did in the first well there's lots of daylight there, there are lots of broad daylight fight sequences which i don't think there were any in the first movie oh you might be right i think it's daytime when they they go blasting away in the uh, lobby but yeah, but the only the only like he means out yeah. in the sunlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see the uh, bullet dodging on this on the roof, but then all of the hand to hand combat is like in a subway or in a room. Yeah, mm. because it's basically just yeah in a set where they can do kung fu all day. <laughs> yeah, is that your dream to be in a set where you can just do kung fu all day? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> just waiting, just waiting for the VR upgrade where I can just do kung fu all day. Yeah, the problem was it wasn't enough of my dream to keep going to karate. 
<laughs> Isn't that uh, always how it is? Doing stretches really hurts. I can't be asked. <laughs> um, Hugo, Hugo Weaving's back after almost not being him reloaded. <laughs> he was in there just enough to remind you that he's still a thing. Yeah. Although okay, quite a bit of this movie, he's he's Bane, so he's a he's not Hugo Weaving. <laughs> it, um, yeah. But it does feel like that is the character. They did a good job of that. I know. That's my point. I'm saying, oh, there's so much more Smith. I was like, oh, well, that Smith is, is actually a different actor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hated him the first time I saw it. I'm not as, I'm not as down on it this time. Well, is it like, because back in 2003, 2004, everyone on Earth thought they could do a Hugo Weaving impression? Probably so. And so it's, it's just like, like, here's this guy who's doing exactly what my friend down the pub does. <laughs> now he's in the he's actually in the fucking film. <laughs> I think I think he did a pretty decent job. I'm sure they just auditioned like a hundred people and found whoever can do the best. But yeah. the thing is, Hugo Weaving is just such a like singular actor. I don't know. He's probably the best single Marvel villain they've ever had, and he didn't even he he, he didn't even do the character when it came back. Yeah, again. I mean, he steals the screen every time he's a villain in anything because he's just such a good villain. Yeah. So I guess my point is it's uh, for the, the other guy whose who's name I didn't look up. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a thankless task. Yeah. Yeah, because no matter how good he does, everyone just couldn't remember Hugo Weaving. He's, and he was he's, he was good at being Hugo Weaving. <laughs> yeah, he's Hugo Weaving. That's who he is. Yeah. He's he's Hugo Weaving Jr. <laughs> so what what if we replaced the uh, squid robots with the cuter ones from from the animatrix <laughs> i was um i did actually make a comment that that i think that the all the war scenes would be a million times better if all the uh squids all had personalities and they were all like chattering to each other or <laughs> screeching like just constant stupid. <laughs> yeah if they were just like yeah no they should just be like mars attacks like <laughs> like just being total gremlins <laughs> would have been funny if they all just had like like pre-recorded like messages like you'd get on a subway or like I'm terribly oh. sorry you are being executed. So they're all like Johnny Please Cab. That'd be blades. Yeah, <laughs> that would be incredible. Um, yeah, maybe next time. Mm. Okay, I was trying to respond to your incredible thing, but uh... <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> different podcast. I right, just I listened know. to that like two nights ago. So <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm sitting here trying to think of. Oh, how right. There was actually something I wanted to talk to you about when I listened to your uh, episode of Oral Hygiene on That's Incredible. You're talking about um, you can't you can't tell them to stop if you're having a sword down your throat. And I was listening to that <laughs> bit and it's just like, well, everyone knows that you prearrange that they've got something to drop or a nonverbal safe word. And they're like, oh, I guess normal people don't know of that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I do now. <laughs> Lessons have been learned. <laughs> I just I just love that we were able to talk about sword swallowing and it just works as a metaphor at the same time the whole time. Yeah, it's like a it's a it's as good a metaphor as the Matrix. No, it is. Um, <laughs> so I guess the new things we see here would be uh, the machine city, which yeah. I guess zero one. 
some of those some of those robots did actually have the cute factor. Like the big bug I, that takes Neo away at the end, he just looked. It looked kind of sad. I like that. Yeah, one. <laughs> that was. I loved that. It was like it looked like a sad, friendly spider, like a jumping yeah. spider. Oh, oh yeah, the, sorry, all buddy. the little insect bugs are following him down the corridor. Yeah, yeah. And then running away when the big one comes. <laughs> but this is, I, I guess, are we just jumping around? I was. I noticed something that I never noticed before, which is at in that scene after uh, Neo's out of the Matrix, it shows what he sees and he sees a big vagina <laughs> he sees the spider and it's a big vagina so i'm like that seems to really signal that he's not dead well i always just thought the fact that we're seeing what he sees signals that he's not dead yeah that's i never noticed that well i guess never is a yeah, ridiculous yeah, thing to say but i've seen it once time <laughs> yeah um, now there's a well, sequel I, with him in some capacity <laughs> there's also the scene or is um, there Inside the Matrix, you get a little shot of like the Oracle lying there where the Smith had been. But because we were watching it on such a crap DVD, I thought that was Neo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. obviously, a couple of months later, we had the legit DVD and I saw it. But yeah. Yeah, I had a bootleg of Reloaded, but not Revolutions. I did like the, um, you know, I, I, the sun shot I always appreciated. Even the first time I saw a movie, I, I did. Thought that was kind of cool. Just oh, when little... they fly above the clouds. Yeah, yeah, that's a great oh, that moment. was cool. And it's yeah, so the... brief as well. I always remember seeing it for longer than you do. Well, the brevity kind of adds to it, doesn't? Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that also works because uh, Sati is that her name? Just yeah, makes makes a sun sunrise, which I guess the Matrix has never had a sunrise before. Well, I get the idea that like she was created as a a program to make beautiful weather, and then the machines are like. We don't need one of these. <laughs> no, only rain and subways. <laughs> yeah. So there but, is the um, giant, you know, Dragon Ball battle. I guess we have to to discuss. Uh, you know, so he said every video game should end with you fighting God in space, and every <laughs> movie should end with two guys punching each other in slow motion in the rain. <laughs> did uh did you guys watch the clip i sent from the path of neo video game no but I, I think i know what it was anyway is it the final boss where you fight a giant smith yes yeah, so and not only that but right before that the wachowskis appear in stick figure avatars sitting in chairs and they explain to you that yeah jesus metaphor doesn't really work in video games bob we just wanted to do this and apparently that was their original idea and it was abandoned because it wouldn't look good in the movie. <laughs> Why well, would be like a yeah. it would be like Rampage where the rock is badly it is in the film it is incredible in the game it is incredible because not only does the giant smith just assemble a giant smith out of metal you see the little smiths pulling all the metal together they get a giant pair of sunglasses off of a billboard and then is constantly just like spitting up rocks that hit neo and they have a bunch of smiths all over them <laughs> so it's just completely nuts and then they added um we are the champions by queen as a uh as a background to footage from the film <laughs> that happens after Fucking that whenever sick. <laughs> that, i was like that is proof that the wachowskis are um, amazingly funny because that is just unbelievable well after <laughs> the gamers they get it <laughs> yeah I mean, you can tell from the films, right? But yeah, I would have had him battling a fifty-foot Spock, but 
there some of the funniest things in the entire matrix are just the choices they make where they do when agents get like beaten up or knocked over or something they just leave the camera on them for about two seconds too long and you just see the agents being weird <laughs> and that's just amazing and i like a failed program do the um the burly brawl in reloaded and they've just got like bowling pin sound effects and stuff. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> that too and like some of the smiths are obviously just have no weight at all and they just yeah. fly up and hmm, it's great yeah great they acknowledge stuff. i guess by by flying up maybe, so maybe in that reloaded battle neo is supposed to just look like a what does he look like again for 20 seconds <laughs> there's it, it like a 20 second shot where he looks like a playstation character yeah Right, right. There, there are a few little PlayStation things, but it's it really it's it's a simulation. Why wouldn't it look like that? <laughs> I mean, he's pushing. He's moving against... too fast for it to load the textures. Yeah, he's clipping. <laughs> he's clipping into walls and stuff, and you know. See, okay. that's what I would like to see from the new one. Is if it really just goes into how, like, when video games get fucked up, nothing else looks like that. So I'd love to see just like. A scene in the new movie where one of the agents' face doesn't load properly, or something like a Ubisoft <laughs> character. <laughs> I, I'd love to see Neil like find a way to speed run something, like just <laughs> clip through a building and then end up somewhere else. Yeah. What if that's what? What if we well, are pressing and the whole movie what all goes the doors crazy? Pasta. Are in the second. That's that's it's so interesting because in 2003, the only way we knew as a society how to play video games was. You go through all these like complicated tasks, but now the that there's the whole speedrunning community where you can watch someone kind of go through a certain pipe the wrong way in yeah, Super cause... Mario Three, and they load the data point <laughs> there at the end of the game suddenly, <laughs> things like that. Oh, well, speak for yourself, actually, because hmm? I was playing a lot of Pokemon on the Game Boy, and we were fucking around with glitches a lot in that back then. So. And nice. figuring out how the game was programmed and how that let us do things. So yeah, That's I mean, it was just, it was just way less mainstream, I think. I could go to Minus World. That was there. You go. That was it. So I guess the question would be: Are there any uh, unfortunate glitches in the the real world <laughs> that stick out for you? I mean, that's how Elon we Musk explain you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I go to Elon Musk, and Luke just goes to Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to Matt yesterday about how uh, our workplace, he's become a cryptid because most of, because he's always at the other school, most of the staff don't see him. They just hear us talk about it. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a ghost. That's actually, I've been in, I introduced myself to new people that way. I'm a ghost. You won't see me again, which is <laughs> with the new guy has been the case. It's been a, more than a month. <laughs> I mean, I'm a ghost now because I live in the American South and I'm mostly don't risk going out even even now i'm starting to i went to a show wearing a mask last week which is the first time i've been to a, a music ghost of the american south yeah but no i was i was i'm sitting here thinking if there's anything like we said the squids work because they're all flippity floopy right they still look okay so I'm, i think I was, the big mechs look pretty good too the big mechs do look good they I I saw people start to get in them. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And it was actually pretty decent. Oh, I saw people start to get into them and I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Use the machines to kill the machines. I remember seeing one of 
one of the many making of interviews around the time where they're like, we tried really hard to make them not look like robots because the robots are what they're fighting. These just have to be tanks on legs. And yeah, they don't look alive at all. They do look like they're just big clunky things that are being controlled. But yeah, fucking 100 mechs fighting an army of robots. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Robots right. fighting robots. Who would do that? That's a terrible idea. <laughs> there is a little there is a little bit feeling of like, ah, uh, this is just so futile until Neo like sacrifices himself on the battlefield. But, but that, that kind of cool works for me as well. It's like a like a three hundred thing. They're just holding them yeah. off. Yeah, and and like I said, the realization that the whole thing is sort of an oracle chess game. Yeah, it's like when you when you start when you introduce some of the machines as being like Greek gods that are sort of just manipulating people, then a lot more stuff is okay. Mm. It's like on the on the play on the play field. I'm not sure where that fits into the trans metaphor. I'm trying to like remember to, to stick to that. And to me, it's like the first film was so perfect at that, and then the second film, your guest uh, last week, Tilly, really lightened. Enlighten me about a lot of stuff which I wouldn't have thought about, but mm. well, I know uh, that her read was that the third one is meant to represent like an ideal future where mm-hmm. trans people can just be accepted and live in society. But how that fits into, but then also like at this point they did also have to wrap up the sci-fi stuff and the action stuff and the other stuff. So maybe a lot of it isn't doesn't tie in quite as tightly. Yeah, I mean, the thing I'm always thinking of is how do you write sequels? Because it's hard. It's very hard. And how do you write trilogies? Um, I think in some cases, a trilogy is not an ideal way to tell a story. There's like really prequels, Star Wars prequels. Everything goes for trilogies, and there are not that many where Three it feels is the magic like number. they nail it, right? Well, it's, it's not so, really a new so thing. There's so many where two is the best, or, and then three is like, eh, they didn't quite yeah. land it. It's it's a relatively new thing. We didn't do trilogies before like 1983. Well, yeah, it used to be you did the second film and then maybe there would be a third film if the second one was successful. Yeah, then Abbott and Costello meet the, the werewolf and, you know, <laughs> you go on from there. The werewolf trilogy with that werewolf, werewolf's revenge, son of werewolf. I'm just assuming. I'm yeah, they, they, saying they, it like werewolf is his name. Wolfman. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, the wolf ends a werewolf, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's, he's it's, he's just the most famous one. It's like Dracula and vampires, right? Yeah, they're kind of synonymous with each other, even though it's obviously, true. yeah. I, okay. I I it still rankles me a little bit when people call vampires Draculas, <laughs> even <laughs> I though I get uh, even though I preach about people that they shouldn't get too annoyed when people call the monster Frankenstein. Okay, would it bother you if I call all the previous iterations of the Matrix matrices? Isn't that, that correct? Is that is correct. Okay. <laughs> I just couldn't find another place to put that. Okay, because I didn't even learn calculus, right? But I know that. I call them matroids. Mm. <laughs> matrices. Matrices. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh Mater from cars. What are we missing? Train man? What what's up with the train man? Um, he's, he's got an attitude. That's what's up with him. I always forget he's not in reloaded because he's in Enter the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, that that really did. I didn't I played some of Enter the Matrix and didn't play a whole lot of it because the PC version is uh 
mouse and keyboard only and it was really weird to play it but um it was weird Niobe just showed up or anything but <laughs> well it's 2003 so and everyone was super yeah. into the matrix it was plenty yeah if you think so, about it that was grand theft auto 3 had just come out a couple of years earlier so they couldn't have taken inspiration from that really yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, would, I don't think I'd have wanted it to be open world or anything. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Open Matrix seems to make sense. Stuck in well, the yeah, we got that a bit later with um, online. Matrix yeah. online. Yeah. Now, did anyone play that? No, but I did watch a recap story thing. So, so basically, what happened, as I understand it, is what happened was Morpheus demanded Neo's body back, and the machines were like, "No." So they he kept. He started doing terrorist stuff, and then they killed him. Yeah, but then there's also... It's not even the machines that killed him. The Merovingians sent an assassin to kill him. Ah. And, like, well. there's there's this type of... All of the programs of the Sentinels who used to hunt humans, um, they are now represented in the Matrix by this general character who wants to restart the war. Ooh, there's some fun. There's some humans who are, like... They were just trying to live keep on neo's memories there are others who are trying to agitate against the machines there are some who are trying to forcibly read people everywhere about the matrix it's okay it's, it did it, it seemed like it actually did tell a bunch of really interesting stories after the revolutions but that's sort of a thing is that i feel like the matrix could be one of those things where there could be 20 books and they would all have something interesting to say but Anytime that happens, you always have stuff where there's just such a glut of things. You don't know what the good ones are and you yeah. just miss watching the movie. You you know, it's not the same. It's hard to make the transition from movie to book. I think I tried to read one Star Wars book and got halfway through it. Well, me and Matt both have read loads of Star Trek books, but very few Star mm-hmm. Wars books because Star Wars, it does feel like I just want to see, you know, epic adventures writ large and spectacle. Or Star Trek, it's yeah. I just yeah. want to see these these characters bump against weird science ideas. So that can happen in a book. Yeah, I have a controversial opinion that Star Wars, if it didn't have John Williams, then it wouldn't have really gotten anywhere. <laughs> You'd have to, you yeah. have to have that. There's got to be a cut out there where someone um re rescored Star Wars with like you know like '70s stock um, soundtrack <laughs> music. <laughs> I mean, I'd love for them to someday make the uh, the whatever the original script that was called the Star Wars, where Luke Skywalker yeah. was Luke Starkiller and he was like a, a lizard or something. I know it's Journal of the Wills, but I always accidentally call it Triumph of the Wills. <laughs> <laughs> Not just one will, mind yeah. you. <laughs> but um, let's see. So, I mean, oh, that's the, probably the, how much nuance it would have had. <laughs> I, or we could just rescore Star Wars. It would still be John Williams in a way, but with the, was it Mako or Miko's uh, disco? Um, Mega Mix, that'd be cool. <laughs> throw in the movie. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Luke, was it you? I made listen to the entire track. I mean, I was very much on board with listening to it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's like I think that was when we went and got long. the legend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it's like fifteen minutes long <laughs> of just like disco Star Wars. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the weird the weird one was Rogue One, where it was scored by I can't remember his name, a composer I like, but he kept doing this the John Williams themes and then just taking them and making them go in ways you don't really expect, but it just feels really obvious. Like 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> maybe that's part of why that whole film just felt like a fan movie that inexplicably had a huge budget. <laughs> I I'm not a huge fan of it because once everyone started to die, I was like, well, this is what we're doing. Yeah, it's just Halo Reach. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say you know they're dying from the start because they they told you that in the first movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I I don't know. I was like maybe one of them could just get away, just to break up the monotony of of yeah. constant death. No, we're gonna be real here. Everybody <laughs> dies. Just, it's uh, <laughs> speaking of everybody dies. The end of Matrix Revolutions <laughs> like really rubbed me. Lives. <laughs> That's true. But Neo and Trinity, it really bothered me the first time I saw it that the second film, it felt like Neo was super worried about Trinity dying the entire film. And then she just basically dies in a car accident in this film. She, <laughs> she pioneers the wash death, basically. I, I feel bad about feeling like this because I think they honestly did a really good job of um, they, they light-handedly telegraphed that we're going to die but then the actual scene was with all the whispering was actually pretty well done and uh and she did she kept saying you brought me back so I'm like okay well at least you're acknowledging that he yeah. saved your life already and um yeah maybe i just was projecting my own anxieties over whatever the hell nightmare relationship i was in at that time <laughs> it is like i brought this up last time it is weird to think that all of these films happen over like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Like the second, you mean two and three, yeah. yeah. Six yeah. months for the whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't know each other. It was a pretty short relationship in the end. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. again, she's meant to represent something else. So. Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but uh, th- I was. Again, Sorry, Ann. I just said, uh, yeah, watching that scene and knowing the sequels around the corner, I was like, okay, that actually makes the scene a little bit more interesting to see how that's going to roll. I think this is probably extreme nitpicking, but I was like, the the sex scene between the two of them in the second film would have been so much more interesting if it was the first time they'd ever had sex. Because it would just be like, what, Neo just never used his body before? He's like, what? oh, God, this is so weird. Yeah, I mean... You want to see awkward sex with them? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, removing it from the metaphor because I don't want to say anything offensive, but if you just think of Neo as that dork who lives and plays on his computer all day in the first film, I did not get the impression he has a lot of sex. <laughs> well, he goes to he goes to like fetish bars and stuff. Yeah, and stands in the corner I, feeling awkward. I mean, he he charged someone like two thousand dollars for hacked software. That's true. Can you imagine? Can you imagine getting two thousand dollars for that software in nineteen ninety eight? Holy crap! I mean, it was the the BitTorrent was already at, happening, but maybe that was just sort of that. Maybe that's sort of just uh, for the general public who doesn't know what hacking is. The money was just an illusion, man. Apparently, well, yeah, in, it is. In Reloaded, when um, Trinity hacks into the power plant, she actually did real hacking. Oh, cool. Yeah, she actually did something that would have worked. <laughs> okay. She shut down power for Sydney, Australia for three days. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you guys, speaking of power plant, did you guys check, did you guys catch that um, when you're meeting Saudi in the train station that her dad program said he was in charge of recycling for the power plant? Mm. 
So that probably means that he was in charge of feeding dead humans to other humans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> in the right. Do you mean Recycling. the Matrix power Well, plant, then he, talk, he the... talks about karma and yeah. stuff, so it makes sense that he would have that outlook. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting to me. Like, because mm, I'd completely rewatching these, I'd completely forgotten about the humans being fed other humans, which mm-hmm. which makes the whole peace thing a little bit weirder and harder to deal with. It's made out sort of people. Of like, I yes. mean, people die, they get put in the ground, they rot into the ground, plants grow from that ground. You kind of eat people anyway, get over it. There That's is true. the um, uh, someone is... rubbed their balls on your Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's season three of um, Discovery where in the in the future, the uh, future admiral is like eating an apple. He's like, yeah, the apples, um, the the, um, where the replicator recombines it from our waste. Yeah, <laughs> so, there, was, um, there was a Star Trek novel back in the TNG days where it's, they go to some like refugee planet after a Borg attack. And it's like, why have you put your replicator on the other side of the cab from the waste disposal? Oh, we don't want to get our food from next to where we shit. It's like, that's how replicators work. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they spelled it out that it was a shit apple in that uh, Discovery yeah. episode. So that was kind of <laughs> That's great. Like, I'll work know. my way to that series eventually. Would you eat the shit burger from Osaka University? Probs. Yeah. Okay. Well, can, you, burger? can you can you can uh, you elaborate a little bit? I should be is. able to because uh, Scott told me the story like 10 times every time thinking he was telling it to me for the first time but um yeah they just <laughs> recombined uh, fecal matter in some way to make beef or something <laughs> okay uh, yeah i'd give it a shot why not okay. it is rich of you to complain about that matt i know hey I, I only do it like i only do it like five times i only do it like five times before i realize i'm doing it again um okay. since i live in a different continent i i rarely hear a story more than once okay See, that's that's how uh, <laughs> it should be heard on podcasts. Except I repeat a few podcast stories too. Yeah, well, you listen to all of his podcasts and you hear it three times. Yeah, <laughs> you have told you have told stories more than once in podcasts that I actually experienced in real life. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that my theory goes out the window then. Hmm. But um, I, I actually did find myself editing about a minute out of one yesterday because I'm like, oh no no no, I did told that story too recently. Huh. <laughs> I bothered to edit for once. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Any other? You turn into Bill Clinton briefly, then. What are you talking about? I bothered to edit for once, Hillary. So um, did anyone else catch this time that what Neo saw was yellow and the real world's blue plus yellow plus blue is green for the Matrix? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> That's all. All I've got is I saw that.
Okay, you saw that. <laughs> I love. I just love how much they've thought about. Yeah, 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 it's 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 a details film, right? Yeah, for sure. It's deep lore, and we shouldn't forget that they were also trying to make sort of a badass, you know, sci-fi kung fu, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, well, that, that. That's why I think. Like I said this back when Reloaded, but I think the reason why for a lot of people the sequels don't land as hard as the first one lands is because the first one just nailed everything it attempted. Whereas the sequels, they're like, okay, we're going to lean into this aspect and we're going to lean into that aspect, but maybe it means we're going to sacrifice a little bit of this aspect and that aspect. I know, you know, maybe maybe as I get older, I, I start appreciating things with weird, you know, fuzzy corners more, you know? Like a few... Well, that, that's that's the main thing I'm discovering doing this podcast is I'd rather have a film that tries something weird and doesn't quite do it than something that just does the standard thing and pulls it off. Yeah, and that's, again, why we've barely done superhero, superhero, superhero films here. Well, yeah, we haven't done the MCU because it's, they're just, they've got a formula and they nail it every time, and it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like they took well, some inspiration from these films. Not not a tremendous amount, but there's well, definitely just in the a, way uh, that the Matrix was the Star Wars of that particular era. You know, yeah, every film everything. took some. I I think the main thing that the MCU takes from is Back to the Future, and I don't feel like enough people seem to because <laughs> Back to the Future has the science that's like kind of it's kind of hard science, but it's also kind of fuzzy. Like you can kind of and Plus, then there's um, it, always, it drops shit in the second one for you to see in the third one that's true <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but also it's just everyone everyone is kind of quippy but also kind of serious i i guess since we're so used to serialized television now that helps too because i mean we we went in watching them to be like discreet movies still but mm. they do connect as you know episodes of a a current television well, I mean... program might I'm sure ev- everyone knew that Reloaded was just the second part and the third was just around the corner, right? They knew yeah. it, but they might not, you know, feel it. You know, right. they weren't used to it because now people well, would be more used to that. Like, again, with, um, you know, the, the last two Avengers films obviously had quite a bit of, you know, um, things in the first one that you need to know for the second. Yeah, also, but even Infinity that... War just ended on that fucking downer that made me feel like shit for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I loved I loved it, oh, yeah, but it I was, was also great, like, but yeah, but I was also like, these people aren't going to stay. They'd already announced like five movies. Well, that's the weird thing because yeah, I knew that, and I've read the comics. Of course, I knew that, but it still mm-hmm. felt like, damn, I don't want to see Spider Man die. <laughs> yeah, but it's like even those were so self contained, and Back to the Future as well as like you can watch the third Back to the Future just by itself, and it's just its own movie. These the Matrix sequels. It's like they're they're kind of are two things that make one thing, but then yeah. also stuff has been rearranged within the the single the single yeah. piece, which is yeah. If you, if you went in to watch Revolutions Cold, it would make zero sense whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, it would it wouldn't, but you would also be like, "Well, cool, awesome, like machine well, that, machine that's, war." That's the what I love is that. They did so much talking and setup in Reloaded that they could afford to have an hour of just fighting in Revolutions. And yeah, I'm they introduce 
<laughs> yeah, they introduce all the bureaucratic like stuffed shirt guys, and then all those guys, you know, you know what they really want. They just want to go ah, <laughs> like kill a yeah. bunch of robots, and they get to do it. Uh, so that that's a see. that's a fun one, but yeah, I, I this is definitely a film that has simmered, I think, and become a lot better. Um, I I usually don't like to throw. I don't, we don't like to rate the movies, but I, I'm actually kind of curious how you would, you know, rate the Matrixes on a on a one to ten sort of scale. Ten, you ten, ten. All do I? I don't know. Um, ten, 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 eight, seven. Okay, more interesting. Top three fights over the whole trilogy. For me, Burly Brawl. That's your number one. That's my number one. I like it the best because it's just part part of it is the music, but it's just so intense. I can't. It, it's and it's insane. It's it's insane on every level. Like who would have even thought to do that? Even now, who would think to do that? <laughs> um, uh, Subway fight at the end of the first film. And God, uh, I'm going to say highway. The highway scene, specifically when they're fighting while they're in the car. Okay. Where, where Morpheus is like fighting, like the, the, the ghosts keep showing up in the car and they're fighting in the backseat. That's some the, great. Uh, number um, one is Smith and Neo in the subway, first Matrix. Mm-hmm. Number two is stairwell fight from Reloaded with all the weapons. All right. Hell yeah. 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 And then, yeah, maybe three is Burly Brawl. But I. <laughs> I do really like the revolutions fight, but yeah, Burley Bros better. I'm actually yeah. going to go with uh, a subway number one, free ride number two. And actually, I really do like the fight at the beginning of revolutions, probably the, because the it's like whack violent. Yeah, it's yeah, because it's whack violent, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's angry. There are bricks, just bricks being exploded left and right, which is visually really cool. Mm. Yeah. So maybe there, that's, there aren't... that's my, my dark horse choice. <laughs> Yeah, even though I, I still think the fight at the end is like not it's not suitably climactic. Well, I mean, none of us put it in our top three, but at least none no two fights in the, the trilogy are the same fight. Mm. Right. A lot of movies even we the, couldn't have this discussion, you know? <laughs> yeah, even in the best kung fu a lot of a lot of the best kung fu movies still have fights that resemble each other within them. I remember yeah. watching the revolutions and being like, oh, I can't wait till we get a Superman film that does this. And I have oh, to wait boy. like 10 more years. <laughs> yeah. Not, I'm not, I love the fights in man of steel, but I hate earth. But that <laughs> film makes him, that film had me actively cheering for them to terraform earth. I was like, yeah, I general Zod. Yeah. I was like, general Zod is much cooler. And um, was a French lady I was like, just let her terraform earth. You trust Zod, you know, what's up. Terraform me, waifu. <laughs> that senpai, senpai was the word, not wife. Well, if you're talking to the French lady, I guess. I'm not. I'm not the Japanese one here. <laughs> Sorry, that's are. a confusing statement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, open the floor for any more points that you got blasting out of your brain. Uh, that that sounds like a no to me. <laughs> Scroll, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah. No, you... when they're fighting in the um, 
there's like the bit where they're fighting in the building during the final fight and they're like silhouetted mm. against the window behind them. Neo's got really pouty lips. Well, <laughs> you know. he's, he's almost doing like a bubba from Forrest Gump lower lip. Like he's really pushing out them lips. Like he really wanted to look good in that profile shot. I think. Maybe at a cold sore or something, you know? I think I'm definitely getting old because I watched that fight and I was just like, man, aren't they cold? <laughs> so much rain. I remember watching it with my dad and he's like, uh, raindrops aren't that shape. <laughs> yeah, but they well, look you know, cool. Water is hard. Water is so hard to do. Uh, yeah, in, raindrops in... are spherical. <laughs> the raindrops I... are all tiny smiths. That's why. <laughs> what was the game where they first got water sort of right? Bioshock. Was it Bioshock? Yeah. Although Mario, Mario Sunshine was had surprisingly good water. People always forget that. Yeah. And I think maybe uh, Zelda Wind Waker. There's like a lot of boats. But stuff. Wind Waker's water is great, but it's obviously going for that cartoony, different, a different kind, you know? Yeah, but that's why it still looks good. But anyway, oh, yeah. Wind Waker water, will never age. <laughs> no. People were, I was, uh, just for the record, I was not one of the people who was mad about it when it came out. Like, <laughs> I was too young to be mad about it. So, well, you were the target audience. Yep. And then I was super hyped for Twilight Princess because it's like, oh, this one's cool. It's for grownups. <laughs> I was skeptical about Twilight Princess. <laughs> but, but I was also skeptical about Breath of the Wild. And then it's like one of my favorite Best games. Game made, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Movie wise, doesn't Life of Pi have a ton of CG water? <laughs> I don't remember Life of Didn't. Pi looking good. Though. Didn't see it. I'm not a big Angli person. I, I did see Gemini Man for some reason, and it sucked. It was terrible. I think his book was all right. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been through most of his films, to be honest. I just happened to see that one. So while we were talking about water, I was like, I get some water, I think. But I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> it was um, cool when the, the water made a big sphere, and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although Especially did it like if three you, times. Well, again, you just need to assume they're actually tiny smiths, and it, it works better. <laughs> I oh, do love yeah. the the just slow motion sucking Smith in the face. <laughs> I love the uh, the whatever huge power bomb out of the sky. That was just like yeah, felt so excessive. It's like again, watching like what can't wrestling be like this again? My shorthand is just to call that the Dragon Ball fight. <laughs> yeah, and like and yeah. that's deliberate I think, like if that's not you're not yeah. saying anything they weren't well aware of when they made it right that felt so much more egregious in 2003 because dragon ball z aired aired in the u.s pretty much from like 99 through 2002 so we'd all just mm. watched it and uh but the kung fu stuff from the first movie was like oh this feels fresh because people don't do kung fu so now looking back i realized well it's like oh well yeah we were just we were just sick of Dragon Ball because we like, watched 300 episodes of it. Like I said to Matt, the thing that Matrix and Star Wars are both celebrated as reinventing cinema, but all they did was steal from Asia. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Star <laughs> Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is samurai and Matrix is kung fu. And it's just. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like Matrix has a lot more to hang on, the, <laughs> hang on to the kung fu than Star Wars. Well, no, that's not fair. The Star Wars original trilogy is. It's yeah. pretty good. I feel weird saying that. It was pretty good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I feel like the Matrix has as much to hang on the Kung Fu as, as Star Wars original yeah. trilogy did on the samurai stuff. 
Yeah, because that's just the top player is the action, because under that is sci-fi, philosophy, trans. So, yeah. True. And also, I mean, the Matrix trilogy had the good sense to put all the war into one film, which might have made Star Wars better. Because <laughs> there's just sort of like little wars. And it's so like it's, they did yeah, the, Star the Wars with an S. They did them twice. That's why I guess you maybe we did need it to be the, the Star War, the triumph of the will. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess we know who's going to win. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. They'll they'll bring the don't worry they'll bring the wills in in episode ten. That that would be hysterical. If I really <laughs> ran with that next time. <laughs> wait, wait till George Lucas is dead and then use his original treatments. Yeah. Well, see what I think they should do with the Star Wars films, which they still haven't done, is basically do a Matrix plot because the machines in Star Wars need to rise up. They're treated really badly. Well, yeah, we well, said that. So I, I want to see like, true. R two oh. turn on the humans. <laughs> Like, get C-3PO just pissed that Obi-Wan didn't remember him that one time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. That would be great. C-3PO. Like, right there is a first, lot. Of... Right in the first movie, there's that, like, oh, we don't serve their kind. Yeah. And that, that never goes anywhere, even though it keeps coming <laughs> up. <laughs> there's a do. lot you can do with Star Wars that is not specifically the Skywalker family's Jedi stuff. Yeah. And I hope they think about that. That's why people like the Mandalorian, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but then like we can't ends up with Luke coming to get the Jedi at the end. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. a minute. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, among the extreme minority who thought the last episode of the Mandalorian was the worst one. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> it's like the the one where it was just Bill Burr in a tense standoff with Nazis in a cafeteria was like the best. <laughs> or or Werner Herzog just being a creep. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But, but yeah, they can't even they can't even kill off the Skywalkers without making someone else be like, I am a Skywalker now. <laughs> I am the second one. That you now can't be the second more. one, can you? Now there's two. I am two. Well, yeah, I'm two. Now Wait, what they're two? Huh? Yeah, they all died. All right. Except okay. for probably some cousin. Mm. Who has a different last name. Star Killer. Yeah. No, he's Darth Vader's secret apprentice from the game The Force Unleashed, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. They did use it, uh, just not the treatment. Um, he'll so, show up. Yeah, I guess we should wrap up because I have to walk out of the house before too long. So uh, Okay. So we're just talking shit about Star Wars at this point. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> hey, I mean, what is, you know, what is the Matrix without comparing it to Star Wars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the yeah the that, that was does. that was actually not that was sarcasm. That's, no, you kind of have to. No, no, I mean you have to compare yeah. the two, though, don't you? I mean, well, you don't have you to. Do. It, it makes sense too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm very curious and excited for the for the fourth one. And also, I'll just go ahead and say on record, um, the Animatrix absolutely destroys Star Wars Visions. Ah. That the record sounds. That's, that's my opinion. Likely. I didn't see Star Wars Vision, so I couldn't argue. I forgot it existed until you said that. I'll probably forget again when we hang up. <laughs> it's fine, but it's not the Animatrix. That's all. Luke, use your plug. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find it on Twitter at MLSFSPod, or also on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can get podcasts. Make sure you get in touch with us. Give us five stars. Tell us you're enjoying it. Blah, blah, blah. 
you want to help support us, keep the podcast online, pay for hosting fees and shit, you can go to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. And there you can find links to other podcasts that me and Matt create. And Mark, you just, you just show up on those podcasts sometimes. Is that where we are now? I do. Um, also, if you're near Atlanta or want to come to Atlanta, the Buried Alive Film Festival is now happening in January 20th through 23rd at seven stages. I will be running projection. Okay. And those dates are valid. It's a, it's a horror film festival. Yes, they're valid. It's not going to be online because we're phil- philosophically opposed to streaming online. So it's going to be <laughs> you show up. And oh, I should mention by the time this is airing, we've got three episodes of um, the Time Enough podcast Twilight Zone thing rolling, but not the ones that you guys are on, especially not Luca hasn't recorded one yet. <laughs> uh. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Actually, wait. I will be one for Mark because you did episode two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Uh, it's well, I guess it- by the time you're listening to this, I'm now streaming Pokemon games on Friday night to 8 p.m. UK time. If you want to see that. Oh, fun. Wait, you is can... that date? Is that morning here? Fuck, right. I think it's some. I'll it's figure it out. Five a.m. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I'll you first said I was sitting there like, oh, Friday mm. at eight. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna blast out the matrix, I guess. How do Every we blast podcast it? that has a beginning has an end. Is this the end of the podcast? Nice. That was good. Until Matt ruined it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving all that in. Mars!